I'm well. How are you? I mean, when wouldn't you, right? It cut out for a second, but I can hear you now. <laughs> oh, you know what? <sighs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Apocalypse Radio. <laughs> in, in no way did my computer decide to, um, you know, re name my microphone as a new device even though the usb slot has not changed at all this is indie wait a minute this is indie apocalypse time time marches on things keep going i keep making this show it's amv night love it there's a lot of stuff keeps happening all the times um current 93 it's a folk band that i like and i'm like hey what if i use anime girls and so and tricked people into listening to Current ninety three using that, and someone else on the internet had that same thought, and eventually, eventually we'll all be there. This was this, in my mind, it sounds like I'm um, because I did all this before I had audio properly that I'm kind of resetting a monologue that I planned. I did not have a monologue planned. I, I mean, very briefly and loosely, do I have monologues planned? But it's like very tentative. This is sixth AMV night. I'm very into AMVs as a art form. I think they're cool. But speaking of things that are cool, um, we've got guests here on the show. Oh, uh, I'm Andrew, the host of Indie Apocalypse Radio, number one source, etc., of good stuff on the internet about Indie Apocalypse and art and you know things. Indie Apocalypse being the number one bundle collection of indie games currently by nature of being the default only skin in the game. Anyway, we got guest one who talked, you would think, on their own ahead of me, but I was talking for a while before I introduced my first guest, which is Ezra of issue two of Indie Apocalypse with Type. John Pella, Ezra, how are you doing? Again. I'm doing well. How are you, Andrew? Oh, fantastic. Now that you know that I'm here and then you can hear me and yes, um, that was, I realized it's a good thing that I realized what my problem was when I, I didn't see my thing bouncing back and forth and I was like, ah, yes, it's because. Yeah, I'm all for uh, different computer peripherals choosing to rename themselves, but it's inconvenient if they do it while you're trying to talk. Into no, I, this happened yesterday, <laughs> but I didn't think of it as being an issue until mm. <laughs> just now when just now when it was an issue now so important question here really like there, there's the great indie apocalypse question we all know that one that's old news at this point and you're a returning guest so we've already asked it so i have for you today right now to start off what i'm what i'm thinking of as the great amv question which is ezra are you familiar with k on i'm not no good. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to get a real K on expert in the chat and answer my burning K on question. 
but that's not me and it's not you. So the question will go unanswered for at least perhaps 20 more minutes. Yeah, I think last time I was on, we discovered that our taste in terms of like things that we consume is almost two circles if you, for the Venn diagram. Like, yeah, you, <laughs> very little overlap. You were the one who, who, who uh, kind of really shattered the illusion of it all. And when you were like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, wait a minute. You didn't know what you're talking about, but was nodding politely. And then I'm like, shit, nobody ever knows what I'm talking about. When I assume that everybody. <laughs> I like. I assume everybody knows what current ninety three is. You know, Thunder Perfect Mind. All the pretty yeah. little horses. As are you familiar with current ninety three? <laughs> I am not. <laughs> I I recommend honestly do a little listen to current ninety three. All right, I'm taking notes. Yeah, current yeah, but yeah. That, yes, thank you again for really, really making it so it's like. I talk about, I think I've mentioned this online, where the re- I mean, the real reason that people only talk about, like, Marvel or whatever, and nobody actually, people talk a big game about, quote, retweeting Mr. Horror guy who's quitting games and being like, people should support small games as their one tweet in between their 30,000 tweets about Destiny is their, like, it's easier, and social media funnels everyone towards to liking the same thing, so you have something to talk about. And liking yeah. different things is socially isolating. Well, I think there definitely is an aspect of that where you're like you're cutting down your potential audience if you're talking about something niche. But on the flip side of that, if you're like describing why you like a thing that's niche, then you like flip it because now your audience is everyone who doesn't know about the thing, and you get to explain to them why it's great. And so I like that kind of thing. But uh, in order for that to work, you need to be an influencer. Otherwise, hey, don't. <laughs> or have you just friends. Feel like, or have friends. No, this is great. Yeah, <laughs> one or the other. Yeah, that's that's the real trick. Is that actually it's your friends who are interested, not the random internet followers you've accumulated. But that is probably true. <laughs> um. Yeah. Otherwise, everyone would be fully into whatever dumb bullshit I like. We'd all be talking about. Pac-Man You'd be very powerful until the end of time. Is it the full title, Pac-Man 2 Until the End of Time? Because I, I would know. play that. That'd be I, sick. I, I wish it was. That's a, that's like, that's my Famicase version. Speaking of, are you a fan of fam? I am a big fan of Famicase. And one day yeah. when, I, when I make a game again, I want to make like a Famicase. Just like the, I want to jam out little games based on that as something to do. Yeah. Are, are you familiar with um, a game by its cover? The yes. game jam? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, for anyone who doesn't know, um, a game by its cover is a game jam where um, you take inspiration from this other thing that is probably also obscure called the Famicase Showcase, where people make cartridges for games that don't exist, and then the game by its cover game jam, you make games for the cartridges for the games that don't exist, but now they do because you made a game for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so cool. I, Me and my I... friend... I also have yeah. feelings about um, can, the very first commissioned artist for Indie Apocalypse is um, the person who runs Game Bytes Cover. Whoa, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Gotta follow the thread. Indie Apocalypse has its fingers in everything. <laughs> yeah, that art was what, I mean, to go to your question that you already asked me, but that art is kind of what sold me on the 
on the whole concept of Indiepocalypse because you just walked up to me at a some PAX related event and were like, hey, uh, and then you showed me the scene. And so that's the art that I saw. Oh, no. When I say first commissioned artist, I mean first commissioned game developer. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The first commissioned artist is like a Boston local. Okay, cool. Well, anyway. Yeah. Cool connection either way. Um, yeah, me and my friend have our eyes on one of the, the cards from this year, which is um, the title on it is just Clothes. And it's like a picture of a frog with some like clothes around it. And we're going to make yeah. a dress-up game. <laughs> now, have you... Now, this is something that I think about with Famicase. And I don't know if it's something that is I only think about. But I feel like there's too many Westerners getting their grubby paws on making art for that thing. You know? I feel you know, like... I don't have an opinion about that. But... Yeah. It's <laughs> something about that kind of like... I, I like it. I think it's good. But it's also like weird that it's like gotta get our hands into everything you know it, mm-hmm. i liked it it was, it was interesting as like this uniquely like japanese output of like mm-hmm. drawing on like a cultural heritage of famicom cases and you can really right. tell like 90 percent of the time when it's not when it's a non-japanese artist making the cover i don't know how mm-hmm. but like there's like a vibe to it and then well like, i was enjoying the other day like scrolling through and it is cool to see because like they have the description and everything and, uh, yeah, you can, like, see influences from all these different places. Like, there are folks from Germany, folks from, I think there's one person from Belgium that I saw. And then, yeah, a bunch from Japan, a bunch from the U.S. Yeah, yeah, because it was originally, you know, I think it was probably, like, some gallery house or something, some art gallery in Japan, I think it was, or, you know, created by somebody who runs an art gallery. It's something to that effect. That's, like, its origin point. And then probably it got co- probably got covered on Kotaku or something. And then I was like, well, I could do it too. And I, it's it's always a strange thing sometimes. I like, is the move towards globalization is good, and also sometimes people can have their own things. Yeah, yeah, it is important to sort of keep some niches to be you know, for little communities that make, like, grow up around it, but yeah. at the same time, yeah, I totally agree, like, it is, yeah, good, good and bad things about it, for sure. It's, it's, a, it's a, listen, folks, if you learned anything from this show, it's that you can hold conflicting thoughts within your brain, you know? <laughs> That's the motto. Really? Welcome to Indie Pop Clubs, where you can hold conflicting thoughts within your brain. <laughs> yeah, I do it, I do it every day, and I think people on the internet need to learn that they can do that sometimes. I 100% agree with you. That yes. they can <laughs> that they can like things and also think that they're bad or like there are things that they don't like about other things. And they can and you know those things that you don't like, you can also like and dislike aspects of those things as well. It just keeps on going, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. I all those turtles all the way down and I kind of hate the 5th and 6th turtles sometimes, but you know, I respect that they're all holding this planet up. Wait, so it gets better after like the 7th? Uh, sometimes, but then it's just, there's a lot of problematic turtles in that big pile. And I just mm-hmm. like, I sat on this planet and I thank, I thank them all for their service. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's, somebody's got to do the hard work. You know, I respect them. Right. Well, what's more difficult being the top turtle or being like the, the bottom turtle? I think it's really, it's being the middle turtle who gets no respect because mm. they are neither the top nor the bottom turtle. They are, but an insignificant turtle among a pile of turtles. 
Amish. Isn't that, isn't that us all, though, when you think about it? Isn't there some Dr. Seuss book about, like, a big stack of turtles also? Turtle the turtle? <laughs> Maybe. I'm thinking of the, um, I forget, I forget who said it, but the idea that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turtles all the way down. Yeah. You just, you know, as we got to make sure, our, I don't know if our circles are intersecting or not, you know? I actually, this is one case where they are intersecting a, a tiny little line in the middle. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I also have an AMV. I didn't put it this time because I don't know when I want to get so sentimental, but there's, an, there's actually an AMV for a segment of Carl Sagan's Pale Blue Dot. Like, you know, the the prominent segment that people know. Right. And I think it's good. That sounds <laughs> awesome, yeah. Important question. Is Pale Blue Dot uh, sincere and, like, inspiring or is it cringe? Like, just the whole, like, speech? The whole speech, Hmm. I kind of like it. I like anything that like um, contextualizes humanity in the universe because yeah. I feel like that's a hard thing to do, and it's one thing that like I feel like art is good at, and it's fun to sometimes be like, "Oh yeah, I'm so tiny." I was wondering that because when I was watching, I'm like, ah, oh, I like this. I think it's very good, but I'm like, I don't know. It does seem kind of cringe, though. You know? There's actually there's a song by. Um, TWRP, where they they quote um, there's like a, they have a segment of Pale Blue Dot in yeah. like the middle of the song, and I, I'm a total sucker for for songs that like incorporate non-song audio in them. Yeah, yes, up tier in my opinion. Uh yeah, I oh no, I've been listening to a lot of recently car seat headrest, mm-hmm. uh, mostly. Somewhere between like twin fantasy and teens of denial, depending on what my mood is at the time, you know. And they do a lot of spoken word in that as well. Not very familiar with Carsey Headrest either, but it's just you know He's, far from our, I thought, our course. No, I, I thought as a young millennial <laughs> or whatever, or a Zoomer, whatever you classify as. Yeah, I'm right in the middle between those things. <laughs> th- that's that's for the young kids, isn't it? Like, isn't that is is car seat headrest not one of the new hot shits? You know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know them. I thought all that's the, the problem. Sorry, <laughs> lost. Whatever. One of the, one of these days, I'll figure out. Actually, what is what is a cool band? Like, uh, philosophically. Cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm not i'm not clarifying any points to this question <laughs> what is a cool band a cool band is a band where you go hey i know this band and then people are like what i don't know that band and then you show it to them and they're like oh yeah this rocks okay so what is, what is your cool band Ezra? what is your your i'm gonna put headphones on these people's heads and make them listen to this band or mm-hmm. an artist or performer you when i say band i mean person who makes music you know what i'm saying uh, I recently discovered a band called the Olivia Tremor Control. Okay. Um, which is not that obscure, but it's fairly obscure. Um, and yeah, there was this one song. They have like a very a couple of very strange albums, and one of them is called uh, Black Foliage Colon Animation Music. And there's like one song on that that was like super super good in my opinion. And then there's another album that they have that. Sounds kind of like the Beatles in a way. Like, there's one song they have that I really thought was a Beatles song when it came on, yeah. and then I was surprised when it wasn't. But, um, yeah. Is, cool song names, too. 
I have been floated. No growing. Dusk at Cupid's Castle. Exegesis. Yeah. Yeah, I listen to that album. I do know. I do know the. I'm like. I sometimes uh-huh. listen. I listen to a lot of music, and I have. I have here jumping fences favorited, so I remember that I listen to them. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's how I. That's how I remember bands. Is that there's like, I listened to like five new bands just today. Wow, that's five impressive. Five new albums. I listen to a lot of albums. I just go. I go to Bandcamp and I say, "Daily Bandcamp, thank you, please." And I just add all that music and listen to it all. When's the Apocalypse gonna have a music section? When I get more, when I get more money. We <laughs> <laughs> just have uh, Indie Apocalypse is a conglomerate of every art form i mean that's kind of what indie apocalypse radio is it's the pirate radio station where i play music that i like that is true that is true and you've gotten into podcasts what's an art form that you haven't had an indie apocalypse related thing to yet i don't know i'm trying i don't know everyone's medium so some of the I think I commissioned once. I tried to commission once an artist who does who does work on canvas, but they never emailed me back. Or either that, or I never emailed them initially. Mm. <laughs> well, I guess the result is the same. <laughs> yeah, but um, it has it covers like most things. I think it's yeah. a real anything that kind of touches art. Everywhere the sun touches, you know, I'm a real. <laughs> yeah. Also, I feel like games already sort of contain a lot of stuff in them like yeah you can sort of have any art form within a game if you want to not that it would necessarily be the best form of it or something but yeah. i was thinking like what about poetry i was like oh poetry could be in games and I mean, is also i've had poetry in zines in in the apocalypse all right there you go Faved <laughs> re- regular contributor bianca del mar has contri- had like a small poetry zine a couple issues back hmm but uh um, cool. Yeah, listen. Po- Inipocalypse has got it all. Covered every base, <laughs> expanding the world into everything I can touch. Mostly so to teach the gamers out there to like not play a video game, you know? Mm. And to try something else for once in their life. Yeah. And I think there's a lot is... to be learned for. That. Yeah, there are many things that you can learn in not games that is hard to learn in games. Sure, it may not, it might actually, and it might teach you how to better make your indie roguelike, you know? Yeah, yeah, who knows? Um, I, I've been reading this uh, book called Playing Nature, um, which is like a, a game studies book. It's also like an ecology book, and I'm going to be honest, a lot of it has gone over my head. But there are some really interesting points about, like, the overlaps between, like, ecological studies and games. Yeah. And uh, the, the main sort of takeaway that I had from it for my own work is, like, um, the idea of games with non-human or more-than-human characters. And uh, the author uses this example of there's, like, a game where you are a mountain and you can, like, hit keys on your keyboard to play different notes and then if you play different songs like different stuff will happen to the mountain like it'll grow trees or a meteor will come or it'll like have a thought and i was like whoa yeah like a lot of my games i end up having some sort of humanoid thing that you're controlling but like why like you can be anything you can be a mountain 
Right, right. The, the, the player avatar can be anything in the world. Right. To, when you exist within digital space, anything can exist within digital space. Yeah, it's so strange. It's like, at least for me, it's like hard to get myself out of that headspace of like, I am a, a humanoid thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, also- and I was thinking like, what if you made a game where you controlled just all the doors in a house? It's like, yeah, door simulator. Well, how would you, con- how do you control the doors? Do you, are, you, are they like automatic doors? I don't know, like, something about, like, the soul of the door. Like, you can make it get stuck, or things like that. I got bad news for you about doors. (laughs) You know, souls. What? (laughs) It sounds like you're you're falling back in the humanoid territory again, except you're just sticking a humanoid inside of a door. They always... Okay, well, (laughs) I feel like to make a game, you have to have some sort of vector of control over what's going on. it It all comes back to it again, you know? You can't. You escape right. <laughs> you can't escape it. But speaking of things you can't escape, something we can't escape is our time here. I was gonna say this conversation, but that's uh, your your segues are out of this world. Thank you. Um, but before we go, I've got an important question. I I need to know. Yeah. I I I found a new important question. Yes. And and that is, given the option, Ezra. Would you prefer to have Frank Ocean's voice or Dan Behar's voice? Frank Ocean. Okay, thank you, Ezra, for being here. Uh, we're going to go to our next video, and then we'll be back with another guest. Bye. See ya. Hello and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was the previously mentioned car seat headrest with my boy off of the 2018 Twin Fantasy. Of course, I got excited earlier or at some point when I was looking for AMVs because I found one. I, I, I saw one that was like, what? There's an AMV for Famous Prophets, parentheses, stars. But also it was only two minutes long instead of... 16 minutes long so i'm like uh, maybe i'll play it eventually but whatever anyway brandon's here from issue one of indie apocalypse beauty of hobbies hello brandon how you doing andrew i'm doing all right how about you i'm doing good 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 just making sure that that ezra didn't change that since since he too had that repartee that falling uh, out yeah. That that delicious ending in an explosion of Evangelion AMV falling out, yeah. Uh, Evangelion is I've I'm founding among the holy trinity of good AMVs, along with Madoka and Fooly Cooly. There's something about them. I think they're visually arresting, and like very angst-ridden, that draws people to make AMV like AMVs for them for the good shit, you know. You know, like I remember when I uh, got into AMVs in in undergrad, and one of my favorites was was from Bluey uh, Cooley, right? And yeah, I think it's the, I think that visual restingness you're talking about comes from like it is so it is so manic, the the emotions are so big, um, and they refuse to take it too seriously, yeah. Um, or maybe Evangelion chooses to take things way too seriously, and that's the joke. 
Um, either way, God, that's, I love old Gain X shit. That's that's the beauty of it is that it's like so sincere. AMVs are being among the most, most sincere art forms, I believe. I mean, uh, basically, yeah. So I it's got made it. purely out of affection. Yeah. You, no one has that much time to make something ironic. <laughs> if they do, God, that's even sadder. Um, but, but yeah, I. Brandon, pretty, go Brandon, ahead. What was that? I I was telling you to go ahead. Oh, okay. So I have to ask you the important AMV night question. Okay. Brandon, are you familiar with K-On? Uh, no, but I did Google K-On uh, during, during Ezra's segment. That's not going to help. Um, no, it isn't. So go ahead. How about you go ahead and ask your K-On question, and I'll okay. make up an answer. Okay, so the, so last time I did a last AMV night last month, there was an AMV for K-On that featured the new pornographer's song, The Laws Have Changed. Within the video, for fun, they kind of made their own story by adding their own custom subtitles. Now, now the, the main character, the main Miss K-On, whose name I don't know, made the assertion that the new pornographers were her favorite, North, her favorite American band or something to that effect. But, sure. as we all know, the new pornographers are quite famously a Canadian supergroup. Now, was her statement of them being an american band a um was it in character as her making the mistake or was that the author making the mistake now you are seeing brandon why i need a k-on expert in the house for to answer this question it is the author being a pedant in that canada is technically in north america but but you have to understand he did not specify north america right american band but also didn't specify United States of American band. Oh, I'll, I'll allow it, but this isn't the real answer I'm looking for. I'm going to need... No. I'm gonna be... You asked me on because you expected help with things. One of these days, I'm going to get a K-On expert in this chat, and I'm going to get I... this question answered properly. Mostly, because um, yeah. mostly it's the definitive answer whether the character would make the mistake. And if it's not the character making the mistake, obviously it's the author making the mistake. But anyway, K on aside, um, what a pox that has been on this world, you know? For whatever good or bad the show actually is, it's real. it really cursed anime to this very day. I mean, that's the thing is I kind of, of don't know, right? Like, I feel like it's so weird there are so many shows um, that are that are new and talked about at least a lot, even if not well talked about. Um, and I just am not I'm not super interested. Like I'm probably gonna watch Jujutsu Kaisen at some point, but like I watched the first episode of Demon Slayer. Cool. Um, My Hero Academia will come back, and I'll I'll keep watching that. Um, but then I have that simultaneously with like. People are still talking about Goku, and I can't, I cannot deal with that. So, right? okay, let me let me level with you, Brandon. I might, yeah, I might have said a, a couple people at the moment. Um, but see, your problem is that you're watching anime for children, right? So, <laughs> um, that's that's your main issue. I think you're running into is that you're not a child anymore. So, if we... contrary to all all available evidence, exactly. Like, you yeah. Know, and so I think most of the anime that people watch and talk about are anime for children. So yeah, 
I think that's where a lot of people run into that disconnect, you know, and they're like, oh, I don't like this anymore. It's like, well, it's called shonen. It is for boys. It is for young boys and not adults. With our sophisticated palates. And while, of course, there is there is pleasure to be gleaned from these things, and while, of course, the concept of all ages exists, yeah, it's also like made with the primary market being children who buy toys. I think I might have misrepresented myself a little bit, and like I think I just don't have the energy to keep up with any venue or market. Your yeah. y'all's point about earlier about um indiepocalypse being basically a gesamtkunstwerk right like i i'm sort of spread between a few media and i often cannot keep up with with any one of them to the extent that like friends of mine who like that's their jam can yeah. um and you know the a lot of times to start my day, I only have the emotional bandwidth to deal with an anime for for young boys. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm. I I think there's just like a disconnect I have with people who have. When I see someone's Twitter handle and it mentions they're like multi fandom, and I'm like, what does that mean? Like I I I understand what it means, but I'm like, what are you talking about? What yeah. Like, are, that, you just, are you just are you describing impl- anything that's actual? That implies a world in which people are mondo mono fandom, you know? Which I feel like I have met those people, but it's getting increasingly hard. Which is such a bizarre I guess like when you're young you put all your passion into one thing and you just it absorbs all your energy. Much like a spirit bomb by my hero Goku. Um, I think Goku's yeah. just funny, you know. Not. Oh yeah. Not not okay. So not the character, but like the platonic idea of Goku is funny. Can, can you can you uh, expound on that a little bit okay. for me? You know how Garfield is funny. Yes. The platonic idea of Garfield. Right. Goku is manga garfield yeah yeah i um i think that like maybe the greatest bit of of comedy that's ever happened in this reality was this was a few years at the um macy's thanksgiving date parade yes and and al roker had to say like to all of america um he had to say the words super saiyan god super saiyan goku and i realized that like in that moment, 11-year-old me won, like, the culture war, yeah. and I and I lamented my victory. I, um, like, what terrors I have wrought. Oh, I assumed you, I assumed you wept because you had no more worlds left to conquer. <laughs> uh, that's the thing, is I've, I've tried, as I've grown to move past the desire for conquering, um, that's what Watchmen's about, right? That's, uh, you know, that's what... <laughs> That's what. Yes, that's that's what. No, Watchmen is about the cool guy who's kind of like Batman, who beats up people. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. The guy who's not um, like a, a commentary on like real puritanical edge lords with no with like extreme moral compasses. 
I yeah, the Alexander the Great thing just always reminds me of Watchmen. And my favorite thing is because I first read that when I was like eighteen, right? So again, in the same like wheelhouse of adolescence. And in talking about it with other people, it I always thought it was really interesting when when people would tell me which character they thought was most most like Batman. Yeah. Um and granted, you know, around this time it, and and now I think most people would be like, oh, that's that's Rorschach, obviously. I'm like, okay, sure, um, libertarian Batman. I mean, kinda. Um, and I think like the a lot of you know the Twitter discourse around like how Bruce Wayne should effectively use his money. A lot of that settles on like, oh no, actually, like Ozymandias is more is most like like Batman. The secret it's is fine. that there's. There's three. The Owl Man is also Batman. Absolutely, yes. They're all. They're all. Speaking of these turtles, it's Batman's all the way down. <laughs> it really is. Um, There's yeah. It's it's a real. It's Alan Moore, that guy. He's, I remember it was very funny to see that like after all these years, his work is still like some of the top tele stop selling American comics. And he's like, I, so the guy who's turned his back on comics for so long really shows that like, what a, what it, it's a real like snapshot of, I think the American mainstream comics industry, which is they haven't, uh, well, besides like works for kids, which sell like crazy. Yeah. Your, well, but that's that's the thing, right? And whatnot. You're and I think Myers. I think that's the thing, right? Is like that a lot of a lot of the books aren't marketed to kids anymore, right? right? Like I was reading um, part of Tom King's run on on Batman, and it, which is pretty good overall. Um, but like you have um, an on-panel, like granted, alternate universe. Bruce Wayne shoot himself in the head. I'm like, you know, call me crazy, but I feel like maybe I should be able to give like an eight year old a copy of, you know, just the regular like French vanilla Batman comic. Yeah. And and feel confident that they're not going to see a gun suicide. Or like Batman's dick. <laughs> uh yeah, that that you should have to wait at least until you're you're thirteen. Um, that, cool. now tell me, but, tell me about yeah. Tom King's Batman. Does it, does it take the thing you're familiar with and subvert it and, and, and shatter your expectations about, <laughs> he's the guy, he's the vision guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. He is. Yeah. He, 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 I, I like that he has one trick, but it's a decent <laughs> enough trick. <laughs> when I read Mr. Miracle, I'm like, Oh, this is just vision again. It is, yeah, and um, so is so is Omega Men. Yeah. Um, I, then I remember. And, oh, right, he also did Omega Men. I yeah. Remember that before Vision came, like those, these are all the same comic book. Which they is, really are, and which but is I, I think, superheroes were murderers. And and I'm sure I know, I mean just based on the covers, that's what his strange adventures is. Yes. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's totally fine. But I think the the flip side is that like. Um, you have a lot more freedom to like play around with like vision because no one really gives a shit about vision. Yeah. Um, and God, the last time I said something like something like that about superhero stuff um, 
Zack Snyder Twitter found me, and that was a that was a bad day. Um, what a what a world. <laughs> oh, but um, but yeah, like I don't know, there are a couple really good um issues in that run. Like there's one that's just um, twelve angry men, but with Batman. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's really cool. But yeah, it. It's weird because on the one hand you can say like, well, obviously, I mean, that's the point we just made, right? Is so much has been done with this character. What can you do that's new? And the answer, I I think, is actually lots of stuff. But you have to be willing. You have to be willing and allowed to do something. Now, here's here's the thing: is that we're never going to get Chris Claremont's X Men back ever again, and that's like, that's that's the reality of Western comics. Yeah. It it peaked and now we're all in the all in the dregs of of the comic book equivalent of the Roman Empire disintegrating. Right. It's, it's just a, a series of twelve issue runs, you know. Constantly, uh, constantly resetting. It's like I hope you didn't get attached to any side characters because once the writers change hands, all the side characters disappear. Yep. Sometimes the main characters don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. All, yeah. All these really. Yeah. I. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. It's my kind of like aversion to superhero comics. Is that? Yeah. Like, stuff. And I think like I, I sort of want to fold this back into like, you know, games and and video oh. games maybe specifically. Games. Right. Those things. <laughs> right. I thought I'd escape them finally. Um. No, no. Uh, you can escape time, but not video games. Video games are are a null value in time. Um, and I guess, yeah, my ultimate question is like, like I would love to see you know games like not be for kids and that that conversation finally getting put to rest. Yeah. Um, but then like. I don't know. I think we just need better, uh, better video game design, right? Because I don't know. There's this is this is a place where I can can shit on stuff. Yeah, um, I, I love to shit on stuff. I think people okay. shit on stuff way more often. Cool. So uh, I don't like a few weeks ago on the Besties, um, or however long ago. I've obviously escaped time. Um, they were ranking all of the uh, the Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I'm like, it's the same game. Like, it's like comparing different baseball games in a season. One might have been more fun to watch, but it's still it's the same the same game. And I don't I don't understand like why bother to review GTA anymore, right? Like it could just be perfectly centered on the web page. Say it's GTA. Eight point five. Right, yeah, exactly. At least. Um, and I, I guess that's my thing, right? Is like, if we're just doing the same thing over and over again and seeing if we can do it a little bit um, more profitably this time, I don't, I don't, I guess, yeah, I have, I have a harder time relating to it all the time. Um, and I don't, Help me, Andrew. Help me to understand. That's listen, that you're running. What you're running into is the iterative nature of software that is trapped within games, and like, it's not just you say GTA, but it's you know triple uh, is like you know double A indies and just like regular mm-hmm. indies, and everyone's just like 
iterating on the same thing forever. You know, it's that that thing on Twitter that people are talking about about the the, the Umaragi generation person posted, where it's like, mm. here's the four paths of game dev, and mm. it's like, yeah, people really do be like that, you know. <laughs> so it's the tyranny of of hardware and. It's it's, okay. people, it's 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 a tyranny of limited marketing and, and yeah and if you put and if you put like the words Metroid roguelike souls in your game, rock paper shotgun will put it on their websites you know, mm-hmm. and that's I mean that's what it is that's that's why people do the same stuff over and over again it's because there's there's games have like little very little direct market yeah. Or yeah. like, they have itch and itch is like fine, you know. <laughs> but it's like a it's like a it's it's a storefront which it's good as a storefront, but as a platform, if you were to compare mm-hmm. it to something like Bandcamp, it's like eight million years behind. Yeah. In terms of actually supporting the products on the site itself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, take take a look at the front page and look at all the most recent paid games and that get featured and they're all like boyfriend dungeon, you know, and like prominent, you know, paid releases. Which I makes me wonder if that that is because they need people to go to itch to sustain it. Which, right, which also makes sense. That's my positive spin on it, and not that they're just like further perpetuating this culture of what is worth money as a game like you don't see any like very little obscure unknown games that are worth five dollars often on the front page yeah yeah yeah. also they don't write any articles at all which you know they probably i assume that site doesn't make any money (laughs) i think that's a pretty uh like all pretty good bet i was gonna i i've mentioned recently online that it'd be neat if you know how Bandcamp has like their like, you know, people pay artists such and such million dollars this month. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, it'd be cool if Itch had that, but I feel like that was would be a bummer because it would probably be <laughs> like zero dollars. That's what I assume. Well, I mean, on like, average, each each developer got thirty four cents this month. Congratulations, everyone! <laughs> right. Fans paid its contributors a hundred thousand dollars this year. I was like, yeah, well, I remember posting my my traffic numbers because I was curious if they were good, and I had people. I'm gonna. I have to. I have to really hope that they were saying they were just lying to me and saying that they were good because if those are actually good traffic numbers, yikes. This is what you and Ezra were talking about earlier, right? Is like it's impossible to gain a market share. That's. Listen, but that's where the real world comes into play. I think I could do gangbusters in the real world. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By just skipping the market share entirely and skipping the noise and just being like going straight to consumers because it's impossible to get artists get people to their pages by drawing fan art, but you can't make fan art. I mean, it also works for video games. That's every single thing where someone's like, they made Mario, but he's in Unreal 5. And it's like, who gives a shit? Speaking of who gives a shit, um, this segment's ending, Brandon. We're, we're approaching okay. the end of our time. <laughs> it's probably for um, the best, because I'm getting really verklempt. Um, But before we go, the important question, Dan oh, Behar God. or Frank Ocean? Uh, Whose voice? I'll also go with, I'll also go with um, 
Frank Ocean. Okay. Um, that's we're ending with the inaugural. This this has been the inaugural segment of the, the Great Will Toledo Question, which we'll look at to you next week. Who knows? <laughs> you. <laughs> I know. We're gonna, yeah, you're yeah. gonna for, forget. You're gonna forget. Will I forget? Am I okay? Now that I'm done buying time to make sure that I switch the videos, we're going to go to our break and then we'll be back with the group segment. Bye. Hello and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. Where did that little picture go? That was Lincoln Park with Somewhere I Belong. We have not yet reached the end of the outer boundaries of the Lincoln Park I can tolerate. And, I, you know, one of these days we'll reach it, but still not yet. The thing I, I like about AMVs is they let me see a version, they let me imagine a version of an anime that I like, you know? I'm like, wow, that looks cool. Like, I, I, I can almost guarantee that I would... If not hate, at least like mostly dislike Soul Eater, but it looks they they did a good job animating it at least. You know, it looks cool. Yeah, that MV rocked. What was that? That MV rocked. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. This, Lincoln Park really like the patron saint of AMVs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I wonder how they would feel about that. <laughs> Pretty good, maybe. Yeah, that's my guess. Well, they. They one of their music videos was, and I think it was that that song's music video was animated. So, yeah, yeah. they're a bunch of friggin' nerds. Were R.E.P. Was it yeah. Mike, Mike Shinoda? Or yeah, was it the other guy. I think yeah, I think that's right. God, I, I don't want to be jumped on by like diehard Lincoln Park fans. No, I was wrong. I was wrong. It's the other guy. Okay. I don't remember the other guy's name. Mike Snow is doing fine. Good. It was it was Chester Bennington. Mm-hmm. Have either of you seen the video Wire? It's like a. Yeah. It's basically an AMV for an anime that doesn't exist, with like a bunch of clowns. It's it's really good. <laughs> I have not, and I don't know how to find it. <laughs> that that uh, description it's not, it's not doesn't. Yeah. yeah, I was just gonna say that description makes me want to just crawl into a hole. I'm not sure if I if I could withstand this. Uh okay. I, I think it's very enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Just being obstinate about um, anime clowns, I'm absolutely clicking on this. <laughs> uh. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Anyway. Or is that... I don't know if it would technically be an AMV. It, it, it seems like at like two minutes of the climax of an anime that doesn't exist is kind of what it is. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a song that the person made. That's that's the, the special quality I think you need to like... You, there's like... There's a difference between like a music video that is animated, you know, and an anime music video they have a certain feel to them like they're trying to tell a story mm. they're trying to like convey a message they're trying to kind of get a point across and really like 
get you into even though if they're sometimes run contradictory to the the material it feels <laughs> or there is this dissonance between the salt the material as well, we'll be coming up with our closing amv there is occasionally dissonance between what the song is about and what the like the contents of the anime are you know it's kind of interesting is it what is it going to be elfin lead and mr blue sky is that it no no like, oh musically they go are you familiar with the album Carrie and Lowell by Sufjan Stevens? Yeah, yeah, actually. Okay. Are you familiar with the anime My Neighbor Totoro? <laughs> I wonder what the most dissonant you can imagine would be. I feel like it's like Baby Shark with like some really dark... That's like a really, really dark anime. Um, um, oh, let's I'd go with like Violence Jack. Yeah, I, I guess it depends, like, your your definition of darkness, I suppose. Are we looking... I think you need to... Because you, you would really want, like, really straightforward, grim, dark stuff, you know, that's like... Yeah, yeah, like, very... Or, like, Attack on Titan. Yeah. <laughs> Attack on Titan and Baby Shark. Exactly. Very, very surface-level grim dark, and then... Yeah. <laughs> Subsurface-level fascist or whatever. Yeah. Perfect. Is. Ooh. I, I, um, I like it when I like it when things become bad because that makes you feel less bad about me disliking them. It's like yeah, you know, I think that's a really like common feeling people have because I have to imagine that's the reason that those like um, like movie criticism channels get so big on YouTube yeah. is because people watch them to find excuses to not watch things. They're like, oh, good, I don't have to watch it now. <laughs> I there was a whole there was there was like a, an eruption or. On Twitter, of someone who I thought was obnoxious and unfunny, and it turns out they were super shitty. And I was like, "Yes, good." Yeah. I'm so I was sick of I had muted them because I was so sick of people retweeting their unfunny bullshit. I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> there's so there's a, there was that personal. What's the German word for when you get a sense of satisfaction of someone you hate being ostracized for because they were also Schaden. actually terrible at the same time? Schadenfreude. No, no, no. That's no. Okay, that that is a different thing. That was me making a joke. Oh, I, really funny. In that, in that case, that that's a a Vitz. Vitz Maka. Yep. But um, anyhow. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> let me explain, Jared. Let me check. Got to do the one, the inaugural, and only. Are there questions? No. But um. Uh, so yeah, so I, I got I got sidelined yeah. by someone posting about celebrity multimedia poker on Twitter, and my what does that was, mean? You, it's well, look it up. No. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, I think it's I wanted... cele- celebrity multi multimedia poker, right? Joe Piscopo. <laughs> I, ca- I cannot. I'm sorry. I shan't. This one, I'm actually... You, you, we could go back you, to talking about how film Twitter is terrible, because I feel like that that's something that would... Or, like, film YouTube, um, film reviews. I don't I, know. The last film yeah. review I watched was about the nostalgia critics of The Wall. How was that? That it was a very It was a very good re- review, actually. 
Um, I'm amazed that that guy's uh, still around. He's like a weird relic of the internet. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was um, he was at uh, Kineticon when I had a game there a few years ago. So I have a T-shirt with him looking surly at a bar with um, with the Sailor Scouts getting trashed behind him. I'm like, this is not the reality I expected to live in, but here we are. What a, what a weird, fascinating world. And I feel like there's a whole bunch of like new people discovering that whole scene. And it's like, it is like discovering like your the your the internet's Neil Breen almost, you know? Yeah, basically. I mean, it, really anything from the old internet. I just I love like showing some of that old shit to students and being like, here's my immortal. This is what the internet used to be. It used to be all this. Enjoy. Evan um, is going to be my Linkin Park fallback after I'm sick of listening to Linkin Park. <laughs> and which will happen at some point. It's just that today is not that day. No, not that day. I think I did I downloaded one of them. Maybe a my immortal, maybe my uh the other one bring me back to sorry life. i was i was referring to the uh harry potter fan fiction oh that sounds even worse it, oh god okay yeah so you don't know this i'm not sure how much i want to pull on that thread um Just pull a little give me a taste i think i remember people talking about i i checked out harry potter um it's not the, even really that much about harry potter to be honest. no no, it's it's just the most over the top, shameless self insert fan fiction, where like the main character is half vampire and everyone's gothic girlfriend. Oh, I think, actually, I think I'm yep. talking about now. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> or and or, yeah, so just like, or at the very least, once you say half vampire, gothic fan fiction, self insert, I'm like, eh, I can make up the rest on my own. <laughs> I, I kind of understand what's going on. Yep, something about Draco Malfoy, the word turgid, it's fine. Um, Is that like speak- Morrissey and his, and his... Oh no, I forgot what the word was. Something like bulbous... Mm. Oh, I forget what it you was. You don't need to face that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we all need an adult now. Um, speaking no, of... No, 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 listen, listen, listen. I'm drawing my, my uh, foot in the sand here. We There is no 35-year-old good boys on this podcast... You are goddamn adults. Okay, that's and that's fair. I just as an adult, I prefer not to think of Morrissey. Like, if you want to talk about Listen, like the drags of adolescence, yeah. that's it. Listen, no, no adult, no one in life needs to think about Morrissey anymore. Yeah, We've, he's had I, his, yes. he's had his time. He's come and gone. He's better with his yeah. own kind, as he likes to say. <laughs> yeah, both of the others of his own kind. Um. Speaking of ye old internet, did anyone else uh, play Hypnospace Outlaw? No. no. I don't play video games. That's probably for the best. Um, but, Ezra, how about you? No, I, I actually haven't played it. I, I keep on meaning to because it's really similar in a lot of ways to uh, the game that I'm making right now. Uh, yeah. But our writers have played it, so I figure we're set on that front. <laughs> but... Yeah, no, I haven't played it. I know a little bit about it. Yeah, I mean, the I guess part of the reason I ask is like it's it feels like a very work intensive game, uh, yeah. which I guess makes sense, right? It's simulating being um, a mod, but just like 
you know, I started playing it and like, you know, this is this is a hump of like learning how to work to get over that I am just not I am gonna go back to playing Boyfriend's Dungeon was basically how that went. So um, oh, it's, I, I'm sorry, Bren. I gotta ask, have to ask you off the show for liking such problematic games. Oh my god, Bren, uh, that that'll only make me worse. Next time, I will I will voice a character who is not who is not a perfect nice person, who is also a therapist and social worker yeah. and bakes cookies for orphans. But um, gasp. But if we could, we could be serious for a moment, I yeah. About boyfriend dungeon, yeah. Um, I think the, I like two days after that, people are saying like, why, why isn't this kind of outrage directed at twelve minutes? And it and just, it does way worse stuff. And I think about that that kind of thing. Well, I had like that brief thought behind beforehand. Like, did I just miss out on all the the divorce lawyers? I shaved my head discourse. For not being a clean representation and clean and pure queer relationship, and it's like no, no. The problem is, of course, I think is that it's more games. For, and this is actually a good thing: is that games aren't a monolith, you know. Yeah. Um, the people who were playing and complaining about Boyfriend Dungeon have have will never play, and probably very likely have never even heard <laughs> of Twelve Minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't played. I haven't. I've not yet played Twelve Minutes, uh, but it is like on one of my like download queues right now. Um, and I also think it speaks to like. Um, my guess is that like the past year and a half exacerbated this a lot, um, but it goes well back where I think like a lot of young queer people so badly want like queer stories that don't involve gay bashing yeah. that any sort of toxicity um they recoil from um i see this around like film twitter a lot is um this sort of like tender queer fundamentally conservative uh mindset of like well we can't we can't do bad things because that's basically the same like we can't <laughs> depict right. bad we can't depict bad things in media because that's that's the same thing as doing them. And like, that's not the point like Sontag was making. And that's not even like, you've not read enough to even know how wrong you are. These, um, these poor kids that didn't grow up in the nineties. <laughs> gonna turn me in, gonna turn me into this bitter old queen at the age of 30. <laughs> Angry at all these kids. He's like, these kids, they don't understand. You have to, you have to, you have to be forged in the fires of self-hatred. Your entire, most of your adult life. I mean, yeah, that's sort of my litmus test for uh, for how my mental health is doing. Is like if if more of my hatred is turned inward or outward. Um, and you know, I think the like again the boyfriend dungeon conversation uh, definitely makes me turn it outward. Like I don't I don't understand what I don't know. I I wonder if part of it is like y'all were talking about earlier with like the kind of monolith of discussion that gets created by like algorithms right yeah like <laughs> like everything is expected to be fundamentally nice and everything should turn out okay in the end and i don't know i just i don't i don't need another marvel movie i need i need more like just 
just real bananas, like mean spirited filmmaking to happen um, in the mainstream, just because I, I, I want that. I want more of that. Um, and less of just like people being perfectly pleasant and polite to each other. On the total flip side of that, on the algorithms side of things, like I feel like it's also good to remember that like Twitter is basically a machine for turning like milk toast takes into like scorching hot takes for basically everything. And right. like there are just like totally reasonable points on both sides of like content warnings are nice, and mm-hmm. also like people should be able to make art that has like difficult topics in them and then somehow just through the way that twitter works it's like okay now everybody is like yelling at each other and hates everything and like probably most of the people talking about it haven't even played the game yeah 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 i mean it's this sort of like it's funny because i feel like that's what we got so much of in the 90s right is like all news was angled toward like Anything an expert or a politician said had to fit in a soundbite, and now everyone is working under those same rules. Um, I don't know. It, it's funny because I've also heard people make the argument of like, "No, you don't get a content warning. I'm not going to give away my plot to you." And like, you know, honestly, like I see the point there as as well. Um, I'm not like necessarily interested in advocating for either side, but yeah, like you're absolutely right that you know algorithms uh for these sorts of, of forms yeah basically just create sides right yeah. um well anyway uh i know deeply problematic but i enjoyed the the boyfriend sword game <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's my resounding um resounding what recommendation uh I've just been thinking about it a lot because, like, I wrung out more of its content. Ugh, I shouldn't have used that word. Um, than I did Hades, and I'm I've been thinking a lot about like what that says about like me as a player. Um, that's something I've been reflecting on recently. What What do you think it does say about you as a player? That, like, I'm right now. I'm very interested in game, like a video game as a sort of total aesthetic experience. Um, which is not to say that Hades isn't one. It's just that, like, Boyfriend Dungeon kind of uh, plucked on a few strings that that work really well for me. Um, whereas a lot of the time when I was playing Hades, anything that was keeping me out of the dungeon, um, I felt was just uh, was just that, right? Um, whereas with Boyfriend Dungeon, I was like kind of excited to do a little bit more, like meeting the characters, hoping to like trigger another animation or something like that. And I think like that's been a lot of my experience lately is thinking about like games trying to think of video games a bit more holistically. Um or yeah, it might just be that it had a laser sword who was also a K pop star and yeah. I thought that was fun. Could you elaborate a little bit more on like um games as a total aesthetic experience? I think I generally know what you mean, but not specifically. I mean, I'm also sort of using this as like a way to talk through some of the thoughts that I'm going to need to like have once once my classes start back up. So thank you, everyone, uh, for helping me on that. Um, but yeah, I think that like a lot of people will talk about like, well, how how should we rank games and like breaking them down to like 
well, is it fun to play? Like, do the controls work well? How's the music? Um, how's the story? And that sort of thing. And the idea, right, uh, just as a sort of like, um, as a microcosm of it, the idea that like the story are like just words on the screen or or cinematic cutscenes or, or whatever else, right, that we think of as this is the storytelling part. Uh, that idea is increasingly bizarre to me, right? Like, the story happens in every aspect of, like, of everything in a game. Um, so talking about, like, sort of mechanics and systems as separate from the story just makes less and less sense to me over time. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, there's a theme that I sort of started picking up and paying attention to, um, spurred on by... Uh, this podcast called Complexity, which is about like people who research complex systems and like with the idea that a lot of the way that people try to organize things and break them down and talk about them end up uh, sort of sublimating things into like their atomic parts that don't really actually mean anything by themselves, but are easier to understand. And then like it doesn't necessarily scale back up when you put them all together. It's like yeah, like. I adore the art for Hades, and I adore the music for Hades, and the gameplay is pretty fun, and I, yeah, sort of agree with you that, like, I'm not sure how much, like, it all goes together necessarily, but, um, you, it's really hard to argue that they're not totally superb by themselves, like, I could look at screenshots of Hades all day, and I also do listen to the soundtrack of Hades quite often. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I... I can't help but wonder if that's partly because it got, like, it was in beta for so long, right? So, so many people got to weigh in on stuff that everything got, um, God, I don't, I, and I'm not taking a dump on Hades. This is not my take a dump on something voice. Um, this is me <laughs> being sincere. Um, right, like, it is such a good game, but I think that it got polished to the point where it's like, cool, like, this is it. Like, this is the perfect game. And it's like, I don't know, I kind of want, I kind of want the bits of it that are, that are rough, right? Mm. I, I think that when that texture pops up, right, that's what engages me a lot more as, as a player and an audience member, right? Even when some of those, like, hiccups are stuff that, um, stuff that's just straight up bad, like, game design and development, right? Like, in Boyfriend Dungeon, it, a lot of time, like, you will get caught on, like, junk in the level, right? Like, mm. um, get trapped on, on a sharp edge or something. And, you know, there's something about that that, that appeals to me, that imperfection that I kind of like. Um, important question that the yeah, discourse didn't, that the discourse didn't um, answer for me. But, yeah, that's partly just me. Like, I don't know. Um, but, Ezra, you mentioned the game you were uh, that you're working on. Um, could you could you talk a bit more about that because it sounds really cool? Oh yeah, I think it actually. Um, I'm working with some of your past students, I believe, um, yeah. Cam Perry, and I'm not sure if you had Andrew Nolmeyer as well. But um, oh yeah 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 yeah. So we we, uh, we participated in a game there. jam uh, a little over a year ago at this point, and we made a game called Out of Control, which is a. Mm. Um, creepypasta-inspired interactive fiction game where you're talking to an old computer, actually the chatbot on the old computer that seems to know too much about you. Um, and originally, 
the the main mechanic was that you could uh, only talk to the chatbot by copying and pasting its text back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're making a sequel now, and we decided to uh, scrap that mechanic because it's really hard to write for, <laughs> which yeah. I totally sympathize with because basically all the writing ends up being a word bank for the things that you have to worry about the player saying back to the game. Um, and so instead we're doing sort of like a desktop thing, which is where the like similarities to um, Hypnospace Outlaw come in, because yeah. there's like, you can like browse the file structure of the computer and um, talk to this chatbot and there are like little mini games you can play, um, which are basically like the games that quote unquote like came on the computer, like a little Simon Says game. And we're planning on putting Solitaire in as well. Classic. <laughs> Yeah, there's, I feel like that is very much in vain of, like, a lot, uh, or, like, a handful of games that have come out of, um, out of our program, um, and, yeah, these, like, creepy and often sometimes, like, very, uh, pixely, like, lo-fi, um, like, here's a game where you are in an ugly haunted mall from 2004, um, and I wonder, like, if that sort of thing happened because of me or in spite of me, um, I'm, I'm happy either way. I just, I, I, sometimes it makes me a little nervous. What, am I putting that, like, am I putting, like, Hot Topic circa 2004 energy out into the world? And if so, <laughs> what will I sow for this reap? Or what will I reap for this sowing? Well, um, yeah. <laughs> how many times during class do you play episodes of Invader Zim? <laughs> um... You know, I always have uh, just the Doom song on loop okay. in the background um, <laughs> while I inform everyone about how, like, pop punk really peaked. Uh, punk itself really just peaked at Dookie, and after that, it's all been shit. Oh, um, okay, well, I have some issues to take with your class. <laughs> but um, I think, you know, there are some albums that, have, you know, punk's never been stronger, I would say. Look at the discography of one Jeff Rosenstock. Yes. As like a modern contemporary, but there's a lot of good exceptional punk going on right now all over the world. Anyway, you tripped. Me. There absolutely is. Sorry, I thought I was. I thought I was doing the the opposite of AMV sincerity voice enough. Um, but absolutely, I yes. My punk alarm, and I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> I, I, I I arose from my slumber. And mostly, 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 so I could put the 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 thought of a Jeff Rosenstock AMV out into the world, because they don't exist currently. Happening right now. I'm hoping I did that. It worked with LCD sound system, where there was one that there were none when they started, and now there are some. When I say some, there's one. You're doing the you're doing the Lord's work, Andrew. That's I'm not doing the Lord's work. The people making these things are. Someone's the person who's out there is like, yes, Cowboy Bebop does fit the song American Dream. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But the most Mm. I come across now is like, when I search these things, are like React to videos. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is kind of. Oh God, I hate that as a genre. As long as we're shitting on things, the. Blank reacts to is, man, I dislike it strongly. <laughs> I have mixed feelings on it, in which I hate it as a genre, 
but like there's something about the low scale like very like very low view count which is just kind of like here's the person who gets to experience the drop and dance yourself clean for the first time and it's like i don't know i get why people like it because it's it's that thing it's you know it's, it's filling the gap between the idea where it's like i don't have any circles like all my friends and i are two giant separate circles but I, they don't want to listen to this, but I think it's really good. They don't want to sit through the three and a half minutes for the drop. But this guy on YouTube will, and he will act as my friend in this situation. Yeah, yeah I can appreciate that. There is a certain pleasure to watching someone experience something that you've experienced for the first time. I mean, like, that's why, like, when I first realized that people will often, like, watch streamers play games that they've already played, yeah. I thought that was kind of strange. But it's the same pleasure, I feel like, of, like, yeah, you get to see somebody, you know, fight the Hollow Knight for the first time yeah. in Hollow Knight, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's going to be difficult for you, huh? <laughs> you're, talk you're talking to a guy who's seen at least three people play through all of Phantasmagoria Puzzle of Flesh. And, yeah, and, and will continue to do so, I'm sure, if more people emerge. I think that was... There was, like... A period of a week where I was streaming Slime Rancher, and a couple people were, like kept on coming back, and they, they just love Slime Rancher, and they were like looking for people playing Slime Rancher, and I was playing Slime Rancher, and they were just like, "Hey, here are a bunch of tips how to be better at Slime Rancher." It's like, thanks, I needed this. Someone submitted a game to Indie Apocalypse that was basically Slime Rancher, and I wanted to email them and ask them why. Why? Like a clone of Slime Rancher? I mean, functionally, huh. and I, I want to be like, why? Why would you make this? Like, why put your energy into making this? What do you gain from it? This isn't you. Is your person? Is is your identity? Is what you need to get outside you just a copy of someone else's thing? And that's a lot of pathologizing. It's just, which is not to say you're wrong. Close to slime rancher it is. Like, oh, I don't know, extremely, I feel like I'm extremely to... close. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, video games as a whole have like a copying issue where yeah. it's so hard to make something from whole cloth and also in the recreation of something oftentimes it'll become something different anyway so like usually it's fine I feel like but also it is strange just how much things are similar to each other in games where I feel like it's not as true in other art forms no, and I think we need to kind of get away from you don't need to make everything yourself all the time. We need to get more into, you know, just using assets that already exist, using scripts yeah. that already exist. Wait, which side of that are you on? For it. I'm oh, yeah. Very, yeah. I'm very <laughs> pro using things. Imagine, you yeah. know, it's like they say, to create an apple pie, you have to create the universe, you know? <laughs> that that well-known homespun saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's a well-known homespun saying. Yeah. I think I've heard it before. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ezra, that's why I so appreciate your point earlier of, like, uh, gamers need to look at things that aren't games. Well, that's an right. Andrew point right there. <laughs> I was just agreeing oh, yeah. with it. <laughs> just Sorry, let, me appreciate, let me appreciate both of you then. Yeah. Because, okay. um, yeah, like, if you look at, like, I don't know, Degas, like, if... If dude's gonna be painting dancers like he like ballerinas and whatnot, like you know, you have to have some knowledge of ballet for that to work, right? And like that subject matter. And yeah, I think so many games like 
just keep folding back on being like video games about being video games. Um, and, and granted, like that's what a lot of, you know, a lot of mainstream media is, right? It's like JJ Abrams hasn't made a thing ever. He's just remade other stuff that he wishes he had made in the first place. Right. The video game is, it's the equivalent of like painting ballerinas by, studying other paintings of ballerinas yeah yeah so yeah it's just it's funny when like people who are starting out is like well i can't and saying like well i can't learn game design from a book and i'm like well yeah but you're also not learning game design by the by like the way you're approaching like making the thing right it's like try to make something you know from yourself now i'm pathologizing the the slime rancher cloner um (laughs) Listen, if we can't, listen, we're not perfect human beings, you know? Yep. People can just go go out and make a broad assumption every now and then. It won't hurt anyone. Unless the, the other side of the, like, video games just copying themselves is, like, I feel like it's uh, actually similar to the fifth and sixth turtle phenomenon, where, like, yeah, the first four clones, it's, like, maybe it's kind of boring. But then you get to the point where it's, like, okay... So Teamfight Tactics is actually a clone of, uh, you know, Dota Auto Chess, yeah. which is actually a mod of Dota, which is a mod of whatever the heck Dota was a mod of. It's, it's a mod of Dota 2, which itself is a yeah, clone yeah. of Dota, which itself <laughs> is like derivative of Defense of the Ancient, which itself is derivative of Aeon, which is derivative of Aeon of Strife, which is of itself a StarCraft mod. Yeah, exactly. And like... That's so awesome in some ways because it's like it's like a folk game where there's all these random shit in there that would never be in there if someone just made it from whole cloth. Because why? Why in the world would you ever make it like that? But there's something fun about it that like it's just this massively complex thing that has no right to be as complex as it is, but it is that way anyway. Right. It just has this legacy of bullshit thrown on top. Of yeah. It yeah. Exactly. That's what people expect. That's people understand yeah. what like MOBAs are or something, you know? Right. And there's something about this recurring theme that we've been talking about of like the idea of like needing to talk about things that are already popular where like at each step of that change, I, I feel like it was only possible to make that step because the thing before it was popular at the time. Also the people making these things are Valve and Riot, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they have the money to make people talk about the things that they're making. But not all of those links were those. Like, some yeah. of them are just random mods. Yeah. yeah. Most of them, until Dota, really. Right. Oh, and Dota 2, rather. Right. <laughs> all, all the ones up to, leading up to that are just StarCraft and WarCraft, mo- like, custom maps. Right, yeah, yeah. Or until, like, Heroes of New Earth... And really, really, he was, which one? Which one was first? Which was the first like to market one? Was it League of Legends? Or was uh, the yes. first MOBA? <laughs> yeah, the first like ma- like commercial MOBA. Yeah, I'm not sure. That sounds right. Because <laughs> it yeah. was like ex Dota guys, I think, or some people who had touched Dota at some point in the Warcraft days. I mean, although I feel like Heroes of New Earth is the same thing, maybe. How many of those old MOBAs can you still play? That's a good can, question. Can I download <laughs> Heroes of New Earth right now? 
or is it scrub from the internet? Yeah, but not for a 10-person game. <laughs> oh, God. Start a game night where we all play dead MOBAs. Oh, and then from there, I mean, like, Snake RX is like a auto-battler mixed with something else. I, yeah. I kind of want to, like, make a genealogy of just a game that's like like Snake RX that has so many inspirations from so many places that are, like, in, for themselves modifications of something else. It'd be interesting to see how far back the tree spreads in terms of influences. Yeah, it's funny, because, like, when I was, um... When I was in film school, I was always told, like, don't pitch your, like, movie, don't pitch your thing as it's X meets Y, right? Like, never say, like, it's Indiana Jones meets Jaws or whatever. Um, and then I don't know when this happened, but at some point, like, that just became the only ex the only acceptable shorthand. And honestly, it is just easier, right, of, like, just building on this other stuff of, yeah, it's, you know, uh, it's Dota 2... But, or, you know, it's League of Legends, but with, I don't know, Sea of Thieves or whatever. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I think it's what's interesting to me about it, right, is, like, if you can't if you can't get someone else to understand what it is you're doing, and maybe this is part of why, like, these genealogies are so are so useful, right, is I, I have a hard time making, like, making something where I feel like I know what it is but I can't describe it to myself, right? Or to others effectively, right? Yeah. Which is to say, I guess you still have to make something for an audience. Yeah, there's this, um, Frank Lance has like his uh, six rules for how to make a good game that are sort of facetious, but I also enjoyed talking about them and thinking about them. And one of them is that he calls the rule of cool, where it has to, Something has to sound cool, and then it also has to be cool, like uh, in the sense that it has to sound like something that would be interesting. And then also, once you're playing it, it has to like be interesting to play and like fun, or yeah. you know whatever the aesthetic that you're going for is. And that um, oftentimes the the thing that is good about it is some like texture or like something you can't really express except by actually playing the game. And so the thing that sounds cool ends up being sort of tangential or even orthogonal to that, where it's like, yeah, you know, this is a game where you fight dragons, but then it's actually, like, some intricate thing about it is really interesting about the gameplay. But you can't describe that in, like, a tweet. Yeah, yeah. That, that puts words to something I've been dealing with this week, because I also um, I picked uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales back up. Um, and... It, like constantly to wrap up missions or, or encounters or whatever, you have to power something up or something else down. And you do that with, you know, your like bioelectric punch. Mm. Um, and I, I reached a point pretty quickly where I'm like, I'm solving problems by electro punching things. And I find like, it's so boring. Like I don't, I'm not invested in that. And how did they make something that sounds so cool? So uninteresting. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Doing it to enemies is cool, but that's also what the game is actually about. Right. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that, because that, that gives me something to like wrap my head around that a little bit more. I'm glad it's useful. I, 
there's like it's a part of another video on like the NYU Game Center YouTube mm. channel. I I can link it after the show. Yeah, please do. Mm. Cool, cool. I was curious, uh, Andrew. You said we we didn't get any uh, questions. Yes. No. Should, hello. Yes. Yeah. Should we <laughs> encourage people to do that in the Twitch chat? If they want, but generally, um, I was looking at the time, and I think that um, that lull is a perfect time as we're cresting on our <laughs> on our hour half moment to be. To, uh, I guess if people have last questions, they can fire off some last-minute questions. But otherwise, we'll just wrap her up, mm. as it were. Try to, I'm trying to keep these shorter and listenable. Smart. Forever long and unlistenable. Or, you know, yeah. Yeah. Listen, when I see like a three hour podcast, I'm like, oh, I'm not even downloading that. Who's got the, Who space has the time? Phone? Who's got the space on their phone? Certainly not me. So, um, unless you have any, any important last minute statements or queries or et cetera. I'm going to wrap this up. In, in that case, I just say like, um, Thanks again for having me on again, uh, being back in the rotation. Yeah, no and yeah, it was it was really nice chatting with you guys today. Same. Oh, perfect. Well, in that case, as a little bit of final chat, Brandon, what have you got to plug? Um, plug-wise, you know, I have um, I have a game that should be. I'm going to be dropping a demo soon. Um, it's called Habit of Force. Uh, it is, since we like our buzzwords so well, it is a turn-based tactics game um, where it's a, it's more about, like, it has matchmaking elements, but instead of, like, romance, it's about rivals. So I'm calling it a space-hating sim. Um, and you level up through writing poetry. So keep an eye out um, on on my various like socials media. I was going to say, no, where would one keep an eye out for that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, on Twitter, I forget in which places I've used my uh, my middle initial, um, which is bad. Uh, I will drop my Twitter handle in the Twitch chat. Perfect. Uh, as for me, uh, if either of the things I said that I'm working on right now sound interesting to you, the game jam thing or the out of control thing. Um, my Twitter handle is E Zanton, and I'm gonna spell it because my last name is hard to spell. It is E S Z A N T O N. Also, there's look at that, it's an itch page. But, yeah. uh, perfect. And for my part, I'll say, hey, uh, we're in AMV nights means we're in the doldrums of pre-release, post-release, where it's like, uh, I'm I'm in the real. I'm in one of I'm in like the second D. Uh, I'm in the B or somewhere. I mean, I'm I'm real mid dabda at the moment in regards to this whole thing, as I usually am, because it's. Gonna me and it are at odds often. 
I will say, um, go to indiepocalypse.com, buy issues of the zine, maybe one and two even. Um, but most importantly, let's get all the business out of the way. And let's say next week, next Friday, the third issue 20. Also, Indiepocalypse pledge drive from nine to five Eastern time on this very channel. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell the strangers on the street. Be like, do you know about twitch.tv? You should go there and check out this guy who's going to be hosting this long stream to try and make money back on this zine my anticipation is that there will be like 10 people there at the maximum and three on average and so i'm going to be sitting around for eight hours and i'm going to get exhausted i'm going to throw all the issues of the zine down a storm drain and burn my computer but if if it's going to be a fun time before before that during though i think those eight hours will be enjoyable me post eight who knows what the world will look like but I'd recommend you all go to indiepocalypse.com slash radio next Friday and get an exclusive commission, exclusive pack of commissioned games available only for that eight hour time period with all the money being distributed among all the other contributors with the grand goal of trying to break even. I recovered after my, after my grimness I slipped into there for a moment. Um, I've returned, emerged on the other side at the full A, perhaps, or lying that I am there. Um, that's it. Tell you, tell people about Indie Apocalypse, I suppose. I like it. Um, I don't know. Spark some spark conversation about Indie Apocalypse so that you'll get coverage for sparking conversation or something. Buy our stuff. Not to put too fine a point on it. Yeah, buy stuff, I suppose. Yeah. Remember yeah. how everyone was like, oh, that horror guy sucks that his games got refunded on Steam. Well, fucking do something about it, people. You know? <laughs> Quote retweeting it doesn't do anything. You have to be, you have to, like, make a long, meaningful change that's slow and boring and unsexy. But, I don't know quote retweet it and then just talk about apex again i suppose is a lot easier anyhow i'm gonna i had to go do something in the middle of the show and it really like took me out of took me out of it you know i had to leave and do something and like my my rhythm got thrown off and i i never found it back um anyhow i got emerged like my my adrenaline rush of hosting vanished and the usual host returned and he's like why are you hosting this show and anyhow what's what what did i say last week when andrew starts rambling it's time to get a scrambling so that means <laughs> the show's coming to an end i'm leaving you all with death with dignity by sufjan stevens Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.